1: Now, as you know, there have been some objections to RT broadcasting four hours of live coronation coverage on Saturday. But the last time there was a British coronation, 70 years ago, in June of 1953, TV was in its infancy, so the only action people here might have seen of it was subsequently in the cinema newsreels, although they could try to tune into a crackly BBC radio signal to get live commentary. Well, now we are going to cast our minds back to 1953, when Elizabeth first Ascended the throne, taking place during the post war period and just four years after Ireland became a republic. How was the coronation received in this country? Simon Tierney has been busy exploring the archives and he joins me now. Simon, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, both President Michael De Higgins and Michelle O'Neill will be in attendance in London on Saturday. How
2: different were things 70 years ago? It's just hard to articulate quite how different it was um, 70 years ago, Pat. While celebratory events weren't, they weren't officially banned, of course, but any overt acknowledgement was seen as unacceptable, to say the least. And any meaningful or real engagement with the festivities was made as difficult as possible. And this was challenging for the many Protestant communities around the country, of course. Now, in order to better understand the thinking of the time... uh, can you give us a sense of
1: what Ireland was like in 1953.
2: OK, well, let me start off. I found a very amusing article in the Irish Independent during my research. Uh, from around the time of the coronation, and it really sums up what was happening here at the time, I think, on Tostel had just kicked off. Now, this was a series of major festivals across the country. I think they were the brainchild of Sean Lamass, if I'm not mistaken. And they were designed to celebrate the Irish way of life. And in preparation for these festivities, Towns and cities around the country had been spruced up. Shops had been painted, everything. And the Indo article alludes to the bafflement that this caused a couple of English tourists in Dublin city centre. And if I can quote Pat, it says, the English tourist and his wife stand on the pavement on O'Connell Street. They look at the lights, the flowers, the newly decorated buildings. The husband, obviously impressed, turns to his wife and says, funny, isn't it, that the Irish coronation decoration's are up before hours. <laughs> now so that's where we're at with this in this clip we'll hear how Untostel and other events indeed expressed I suppose a very different cultural context to the Britain of
0: 1953 President O'Kelly comes to O'Connell Street in Dublin for the ceremonial opening of Untostel a festival in which Ireland is at home to many hundreds of visitors from other countries Speaking of untoastal, the President expresses the wish that it'll be an occasion of family reunion as well of national celebration. St. Patrick's Day in Drumshanbo, County Leitrim, brings out all the local lads and lassies in a happy, colourful procession to Tinker's Crossroads. If you haven't got a cart, just use Shanksy's pony. The main thing is to get to the Cayley and dance. Many of the girls are in traditional costume at the crossroads as they swing into the dance, so look out for the famous Connemara red petticoat. President O'Kelly greets the England 15 who are in Dublin to do battle with Ireland. Now the President is introduced to the Irishmen who, experts forecast, should win today on their recent form. The Irish team in dark shirts kick off and the game is on. Both England and Ireland are undefeated this season, so it promises to be a battle of the Giants. 500 unemployed march through the streets of Dublin, the flag of the Dublin Citizens' Army at their head. In the past two years, the total of unemployed in Ireland has more than doubled. Until today, 60,000 are out of work. At O'Connell Bridge, the demonstrators sit down with one accord, halting all traffic for half an hour. Untoastal has gone straight to the heads of many Dubliners. Yes, Ireland's great festival, in which he's at home to thousands of overseas visitors, includes a hairstyling competition. So all those who believe they can curl them up in fine fashion, try out their skill.
1: Well, be God and be gore. <laughs> A taste of some of the things going on in the Ireland of 1953. In terms, though, of official Ireland and its response to the coronation, did uh, did we send anyone to London for the big day?
2: Well... We did and we didn't. We know that there was a bevy of invitations extended to the Irish, Pat. In fact, there was talk of extending the same number of invitations to the Irish as actual Commonwealth countries until it was pointed out that this gesture might well backfire. And in the end, the De government declined and sent no one except the Irish ambassador to London, the great Irish diplomat Freddie Boland.
1: Now, do you think there was a difference uh, between the way our government officially handled things and the attitude of ordinary people on the ground?
2: Yeah, I think this is an important difference, Uh, Pat. We sometimes forget that there were far more Protestants in Ireland in the 1950s than there are now. Protestant schools would have sung God Save the King every morning before Elizabeth ascended to the throne, of course. And even apart from this community, there was an appetite for being witness to the coronation from many different viewpoints, as I'm sure there will be this Saturday.
3: So I discussed these things with Kevin Myers to get his feelings. The response of official Ireland to the coronation in 1953 was that it didn't exist. It was a, an event of no importance. Uh, the Irish Independent and the Irish Press simply disregarded it. The Irish Times did not disregard it. The Irish Times uh, behaved very much in the Unionist tradition, it it, um, it was respectful and, and uh, more than respectful towards the new queen. And it is the, di- the di- difference, the gulf between official Ireland and unofficial Ireland for 1953, which is really interesting because most people do seem to have been very interested in the coronation. RTE, sorry, Radio Aaron didn't um, carry anything about uh, the coronation, but BBC did. And the streets of Dublin were apparently deserted on the coronation day because people were tuning in to the BBC. Now, a lad called Peter O'Brien, 40 years of age, on the eve of the coronation, uh, on O'Connell Street, cried out, um, God save the Queen. And he was arrested and taken to Store Street and uh, accused of using insulting and abusive language And he was in court the next morning, and he was found guilty and fined five pounds. There was no record of people being offended by his language, but a guard had overheard him, and that was that
1: a fiver in those days was a lot of money a significant fine now Kevin mentioned how people were trying to access information about the coronation through radio and the newspapers what about the the picture houses the cinemas that were dotted all over the country
2: yeah this is where things get interesting Pat I suppose at that time people would visit cinemas not just to see films of course but to see the newsreels as well which would often be shown before a feature film now the Anti-Partition League threatened to bomb any cinema which showed the Pathé newsreel of the coronation. But again, this didn't stop people getting uh, access to the festivities. It really goes to the heart of the enduring curiosity that people have, I suppose, for the British royal family still to this day. Many Protestant church groups around the country held private screenings of the official coronation film. So
1: there was an official coronation film. This was the one that was narrated by Laurence Olivier.
2: Exactly. And it was called A Queen is Born and it was It's an extraordinary story in itself. It was edited frantically on the day of the coronation and was shipped all over the world um, later that afternoon. And you'll notice in the next clip Olivier's mention of Northern Ireland in this official film and this was especially upsetting I suppose for the Fianna Fáil government of the day de Valera uh, and the rest and they were obviously very against partition that the new queen was taking the title of the queen of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland
1: This blessed plot this earth this realm England. the Queen goes in procession to be enthroned. Be strong and of a good courage. Stand
0: firm and hold fast from henceforth the seat and state of royal and imperial dignity which is this day delivered unto you in the name and by the authority of almighty God. Madam. Is your majesty willing to take the oath? I am willing. Will you solemnly promise and swear to govern the people of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the Union of South Africa, Pakistan and Ceylon, and of your possession and the other territories to any of them belonging or pertaining? according to their respective laws and customs. I solemnly
1: promise so to do. And it was the mention there of Northern Ireland uh, during the coronation of Elizabeth, uh, Queen Elizabeth II in 1953. Not many people had a television set in mid-century Ireland. So what do we know about people trying to watch the coronation that way? Because RT didn't come round until New Year's Eve sixty-one. Because I remember the floor manager in all the older newsreel saying "Q 1962." So we were still almost a decade away from local television.
2: Yeah, you're right. And Eben de Valera gave that opening speech for Televisharon. So that was seven or eight years later. Um, We know that by 1955 that there were at least 4,000 television sets in the Republic. I think people would be surprised by that figure, Pat. Um, These were picking up just one channel um, that the government in Ireland really didn't want people watching. And that was the BBC. Here's Kevin Myers.
3: Now, a number of of people were able to pick up BBC signals on their television sets in Dublin and also in Wicklow. And the IRA announced that any pub that showed um, the signals of the television signals would be destroyed. And most pubs, not many pubs, had televisions, but most of them that did have televisions, uh, chose to take the the warning seriously, but one pub in the centre of Dublin somehow or other managed to conjure signals out of the ether, and uh, a customer who had arrived rather fortuitously with an axe smashed up uh, the television set. Very large numbers of people of Catholic background were interested in, in 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 the coronation, and I was speaking to a man recently who worked in 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 And was. Um, a Protestant-owned company, and all the workforce listened to the BBC uh, on that day. And, it, and Protestants in those days, it's hard to believe now, Protestants in the Republic, their national anthem would 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 be God Save the King, then God Save the Queen. St. Andrews and um, High School and um, Wesley, th- they would sing God Save the, the Queen and God Save the King before, before then, in, in their morning assembly. Uh, the, the censors were very busy. Uh, the Illustrated London News and the Picture Post after the coronation were banned at the point of supply in Ireland. Normally, the censorship uh, only worked when people made a formal complaint. But on this occasion, the Board of Censors uh, anticipated that and simply prevented the magazines arriving in Ireland because their coverage of the uh, coronation was, was too effusive.
1: Extraordinary stuff. Well, no such preventative censorship will take place on uh, this occasion, I would imagine. RT will be showing. Uh, they will yep. four hours of uh, commentary, and whether they're doing it to service those who only have Servview, for example, and who won't have access to Sky News or BBC or whether it's about advertising revenue. <laughs> It's probably an an open question. Anyway, a fascinating time. Did you enjoy your journey back in into the nineteen fifties, Simon?
2: Yeah, extraordinary. Um, it, it it really was. It just goes to show how times have changed in that seventy year in that reign of Queen Elizabeth. How much time has changed is really extraordinary.
1: All right, Simon Tierney. Thank you very much for that very interesting report.